My name is Sean Thomas. I'm the author of Be More Today, a 40-day guide to a better version of you. As doctor of physical therapy, I've seen thousands of people do great things. They came to me with ailments, physical ailments, pain, issues, and they got through them, all because they decided in their mind they were going to do it. So I wrote a book about it. Your thoughts can make you great or they can make you crumble. Those thoughts actually control everything in your life. I have three things I want you to do. Starts. Things I want you to start doing in your life that you said you wanted to do at some point in time. You said them. Stops. Things I want you to stop doing in your life, which I know you also want to stop. And three goals for your lives. And I take you through a 40-day guide to make sure you take those thoughts for those three things into reality. Now, I put some workouts in there too. Workouts to keep you always on the move because you got to keep moving. you got to stay focused. So, 40 days. Thoughts, workouts, you. And all I want you to do is trust the process and just be persistent. Visit BeMoreTodayBook.com. That's right, BeMoreTodayBook.com. And I guarantee you, if you just trust the process and be persistent, you too can be the best version of you. why why do you want to be more today than you were yesterday you already know that you have to trust the process and just be persistent you already know that next level results require next level effort period but why is today different than any other day what's your why how are you gonna get to the next level see most of you want to make it to the promised land of success but aren't willing to make the sacrifices let me be clear. Nobody said it was gonna be easy. No handouts, no excuses. It's just you versus you. It's go time. Find your wife for the 5 a.m. wake up call. Find your wife for the extra mile you have to do after the workout. Find your wife to face that fear. Take that test. Make that move. Come on, y'all. Your whole life has been a warm up for this moment right here, today. Are you finally ready to play? You gotta decide to stay always on the move. Less talk, more action. Just be better. Just be more. Be more today. Time now for Staying Healthy, sponsored by Jag One Physical Therapy. Here's Jag One President and CEO, John Gallucci Jr. It's National Athletic Training Month. We're so excited to support our athletic trainers. I've been a practicing athletic trainer for 31 years in the tri-state area, and I'm proud to support my colleagues each and every day. New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, our athletic trainers are out on the fields, the court, the ice, protecting our children, protecting our athletes. Jag One Physical Therapy Athletic Training Services can be found at jag1pt.com that's j-a-g-o-n-e-p-t.com to keep our athletes safe and healthy certified athletic trainers are always ready to help when you or your child gets injured jag one physical therapy is the leader for rehabilitative care in new york new jersey and pennsylvania they'll help you get back to the life you love to find a location near you or learn more about their physical therapy and athletic training services visit jag1pt.com that's j-a-g-o-n-e-p-t.com
What's going on, folks? Your boy again, Dr. Sean Thomas, back in the building with the Be More Today Show. We are here, episode 117. Can you believe it? We are in the month of March, and it is my birthday week. So happy birthday to me. All my March babies out there, my Aries babies out there, my Pisces babies out there. Congratulations. It is our month, and we're here talking about the Be More Today Show and all things Be More Today. As you know, it's a movement. We continue to go out there and put our book, um, our podcast now is heard in 73 countries, over 42,000 downloads. It's all thanks to your love, your support, and your following of trying to take your steps away and to be the best version of you. I appreciate it so much. It does not and never, never goes unnoticed. My quote for today is simple as always. Success is where preparation and opportunity meet by Bobby Unser. Listen, we are in the month of March and March is National Athletic Training Month. And it's been great highlighting all the ATs that I have a chance to work with and be a part of at Jaguar Physical Therapy. But I think about this quote today talking about success and of all the people who have to be um, in the line of having any kind of training, whether you're training for a sport or just training to do well at your job. Success is where preparation and opportunity meet. Everyone can be successful. Right, You can try hard, you can put the work in, you can put the effort in, but opportunity does happen to be one of the things that you need to be successful in whatever endeavor you're trying to do. And when those two things meet together, right, the opportunity that you have and the success that you want to do, nothing can hold you back from being great. But preparation is required to get there, whether it means preparing uh, late nights, staying up and, and doing training or doing reading or doing whatever you have to do to get that craft to be successful you have to prepare. You have to make sure your body is right, your mind is right, and that you can go out there and be the best version of yourself for you and for whatever um, that you're planning on doing as well. And the people I have on today's show basically help so many people get those things done. They help people to be successful in whatever endeavor they want to do, whether it's working on uh, a certain craft or working in the school system or working on the athletic field. These people right now that I'm going to introduce to you, my new best friends, are helping people to be successful every single day. So I have three, four people I want to show you today who are going to be our new ATs for this week's podcast. And we're talking about uh, ATs across the spectrum. I am now blown by how great and vast athletic training can be in terms of reaching various demographics. And the first person I want you guys to meet today is Carly. Now, Carly is an ATC athletic trainer for Drag One Physical Therapy, and she serves as the AT for both the Metropolitan Riveters professional women's hockey team and Keensburg Public School District. After earning her Bachelor's of Science in Athletic Training from Keene University, where she graduated cum laude, Carly became both a certified athletic trainer and a nationally registered emergency medical technician in 2021. Carly has experience in secondary and professional settings, as well as experience in emergency medicine and care. She grew up as a multi-sport athlete, which she believes helps her succeed and exceed in her role as an athletic trainer. Being able to relate to the mindset of the athletes in all settings helps her connect with them and understand their desire to return to play as fast as possible while being able to once again perform to the best of her abilities. Carly, Welcome to the Be More Today show. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm very, very good. I'm very, very good. Our second guest on the show is Dominique. Now, Dominique is also an AT and a full-time athletic trainer with Jaguar Physical Therapy, serving in the Trenton Catholic Prep Academy in Trenton, New Jersey. 
Originally from Brooklyn, BK stand up, BK all day. That's where I'm from. She moved to Lawrence, New Jersey in middle school and attended Lawrence High School, where she completed, where she competed on the Lawrence basketball and track and field teams. Throughout her high school career, she has often, uh, she was often at the AT facility where she gained a significant interest in athletic training. Her interest in athletic training brought her to Rowan University, where she was able to continue both her athletic career and education. And she graduated with a master's degree athletic training in 2022. Dominique Peters, what is going on? Hi, how are you? How are you? Very, very good. Welcome to the Be More Today show. It is so good to have you on. Our third guest is an amazing name, Sean. Spelled the same way, so I respect him already just for that. Sean Doyle uh, is also an AT, and he serves as the full-time athletic trainer for Jackman Physical Therapy, serving the Somerville Public School District in New Jersey. Incorporating customer service into athletic training has always been the approach Sean has used in athletic training. And he spent just under 10 years working in high school or on high-end customer service jobs before starting his career as an athletic trainer in 2012. Now, after starting his career at Holy Cross Academy, Sean joined the athletic training team serving Somerville High School through RWJ Barnabas Health. And he also took on an additional role coaching with the performance fitness team. This new added focus on fitness training helped Sean become a more balanced athletic trainer while still using his high level of customer service with every client. A graduate from the athletic training program at Rowan University, Sean is always looking to pursue furthering his education in every aspect of athletic training. Sean Doyle, welcome to the Be More Today show. What is going on? Morning, morning. I agree with the great name choice of Sean, spelled the correct way, as we can both agree. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. No problem. It's the only way. It's the best way. And I appreciate that we share that same sentiment. And my last guest on this show today is last but not least, Joseph Savoya. Now, Joseph is an AT athletic trainer for over 20 years, folks. He currently serves as the associate manager and athletic trainer for Jaguar Physical Therapy, serving the New Jersey State Police Academy in Seagret, New Jersey, where he tends to the medical needs of incoming state police recruits. He received his Bachelor of Arts in Physical Education with a concentration in athletic training from Keene University in 2003. He continued his education at Keene and received his Master's of Science degree in Exercise Physiology. After graduate school, he worked as an assistant athletic trainer at Montclair State University for 10 years. In 2016, he made the transition from the traditional college athletic training setting to positions in occupational and industrial sports medicine. Throughout his time at these various settings, he's had the opportunity to teach biology and athletic training specifically to college classes. Joseph has lectured at the state, regional, and national level on, on his work at using the Nintendo Wii as a rehabilitation tool. Joseph Savoya, what is going on? Hi, how you guys doing? Thanks for having me. Things are going well. It's great to be here. I am so excited to have you guys on the show today. You're making my life right now. And to all those who are listening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pets included, these are our guests for our third installment of the AT Month celebration, talking about integration today. And, you know, the theme across all the spectrums has to be the same. We're looking at all of you have so much specialties in what you do. And I'm blown away by, by the fact that you can do athletic training for so many different areas of life. So I want to take just two minutes and kind of just have you go through and just share with the listeners about what a regular life or a regular day looks for you 
and a synopsis of what you're doing in your area of athletic training. I'm going to start with Carly first. Hello. So my job's really interesting with the Metropolitan Riveters, more so to the fact that we, our home base is in a mall. So I'm currently doing this podcast three floors above our rink in the middle of the mall. So my day is different every day. Um, I show up, I set up the training room, and our training room is one of the locker rooms because you have to make do with what you have. So I can set my room up different every day. I have to be really creative with the way that I treat my athletes and the rehab plans I put together for them because things are quite limited when you're in a mall. You can only do so many things. You get so many different rehab tools that you can use that are accessible. So every day's different. There's no permanent structure ever. Um, I work in conjunction with the professional team's medical staff. And I talk to all of their gen med doctors, the physicians, their chiropractors, and all our medical specialists to ensure that they're all happy, healthy, safe, and can continue to perform and work to their best of their abilities because this is their career. So my job's really different every day. That's incredible. I mean, I take from that so many things. You got to really be on your feet and be flexible when you're trying to make sure you can provide the necessary um tactics and services you're trying to do and every day can be different for you. I think that's the that's the challenge I'm getting from you is that no matter what happens, whether you're upstairs or downstairs, wherever you're gonna be, you're still giving quality care. And you gotta be flexible as an AT in that regard because you never know where you're gonna be, especially in your setting. So that that's amazing. That's right. amazing. that's amazing. Uh let's go to Dominique. Hi, thank you for the introductions. They're all very they're all very, very good. <laughs> um so my day starts usually in the morning at one of our non-exclusive sites. So right now um, I'm at Ryder and I just help out with rehab in the morning um, or treatments, usually with the uh, chair, tennis um, and track teams. So there I'm kind of just a helping hand, but usually around 12, 1230, I'll head out to Trent Catholic Academy, which is actually in Hamilton, but right across the street is Trent Central. So. It's, it's essentially the same area. Um, I head over there and that's where I kind of, that's my main um, responsibility and get there around 1230. And that's when I could get one or two, maybe three treatments in before the end of the day. So I don't have 10 treatments at the end of the day while I'm trying to tape. Um, so I usually get a couple of athletes in during their PE class, which is a lot easier to do with a smaller school. Um, which our school, I think I have about 50 athletes under my uh, jurisdiction. So I'm able to get away with a lot more as opposed to like some schools, like some bigger schools. And from there I go and I teach my class just like how Joe teaches, but mine is just an elective with seniors and juniors is not necessarily uh, a college course. So I teach my class athletic training. Um, they just, we pretty much just go over. I tell them, I teach you guys what I do, right? So I just teach them sometimes emergency management right now we're at the foot and ankle. Right. So keep it very basic, but they're very, they, they, they kind of really like this class. So it might transfer into a club sooner or later. Um, and then from there we go to 
get practice ready. So we get our basketball teams ready right now. It's winter, our cheer team. Um, we don't really have too many sports. So those are our two big ones. And then our off season soccer, we tape them up. I say we, but it's just me. I tape them up, uh, do my, any other leftover treatment to rehabs that I didn't get in during the, the morning or, you know, early afternoon, we get that done. Um, set up practice. Uh, I sit and watch practice. Hopefully just hoping no one gets injured. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, we do our treatments to end practice. So whether it's stretching, I throw them a stretching strap or we'll do some ice and stem, whatever is needed for them to keep them going, especially for, since we are a small school, we do have very few athletes. So our team, they, they, we don't have the biggest team. So we have about for basketball, we have about six girls that are playing all season. So we're just trying to get them through the season. And so they get a lot of treatments at the end of practice just to, just to get them going. Um, but yeah, that's my day. Clean up the gym, put the coolers away, and then I head home. <laughs> Sorry, what, what time does your day start and end? Because that sounds like a lot. <laughs> um, typically, 9 a.m. is when I'm at Ryder. But winter, it sounds a lot bad, a, a lot longer during the winter seasons because there is usually only one gym. So we're there till about 8, 7 or 8 p.m. It depends. But a normal day, if it's a game, it'll be around 6.37, if that. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a real full day. Okay, I see that. I see that. Let's go to Sean. <laughs> uh, I'd like to say my day is very similar to Dominique's. Um, Typically, a couple only a couple days a week, I'm in some sort of setting for JAG-1, whether it be one of the PT clinics as a PT aide, um, or even just spending those hours on a computer with some of the group projects we have, content creation, um, some of the stuff we'll go, uh, I might touch on later. But uh, by 1, 1.30, I head over to Somerville High School. I do have the benefit. I am uh, I'm the JAG-1 athletic trainer for Somerville. They do have a district athletic trainer as well. Uh, so she's there during the day. She does a lot of what Dom does where some of the bigger injuries that need more time, need more of that one-on-one -on -one focus, pull them out during the day. Um, even if it's someone like I saw, just let her know, hey, pull out so-and-so, take a look at their ankle, see what you think as well, do some work on it. Because they're probably not going to, if they're not going to practice that day, get it done that way, they're out of the way. Um, a little busier probably than Dom right after school. Uh, have about anywhere two to 300 athletes, depending on the season. Yeah. I think right now, my, I think right now, my boys track team, even though it's not even the deadline for signups, already has about 85 kids signed up mm. for boys track alone. Um, but it's treatments, rehabs. Um, it does have that unique aspect with the other athletic trainer where we have to have good communication on when I saw someone that maybe she didn't or she saw someone that I didn't. So that way we're both in the loop. That way if the kid comes up to me and I didn't see them for like the initial eval or whatever problem they were having, we're on the same page and on the same loop. Um it's especially interesting during spring season um, because there's a lot of uh, indoor practices, off-site practices. We actually usually set up 
uh, two athletic training rooms, our field house. It's usually our outdoor season and our indoor basketball wrestling athletic training room. We'll usually have both running and that way the teams that tough it and go outside, come to the field house and kind of share the load that way. But that really is something where we got to work on our communication to make sure we're both in the loop on what's going on in the other room. Um, but standard breakup, uh, setup breakdown, all the waters and ice and field set up and safety measures, but it's a busy day. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely busy indeed. And, you know, I, I think about just how I'm, I'm internalizing this for myself. You know, we see about 16 to 20 people per day as, as, as uh, PTs, but, you know, I, I don't know if I can imagine seeing all of my caseload of patients all visually in front of me at one time with all of their different issues happening <laughs> probably simultaneously and being able to manage like who gets what at, I mean, that, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um, you know, for us, we see people and they come on various days, but you guys have teams where everyone's there pretty much on the same day. So that's yeah. like a different mindset that I'm just understanding now when it comes to AT life. Yeah. I had, I had a nice little laugh with the team during one of our meetings, I think in fall. Um, unfortunately it was a day that the other athletic trainer, took a personal day. I believe she was out sick. And I think from my sign in that I did treatments or saw or athletes that received some sort of service in the athletic training room. I think I saw 42 athletes in like an hour and a half. Right. I, I, I was, I was on very autopilot. It was just yeah get but the room was a bit of a mayhem and of course it was just me that day but yeah it 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 is overwhelming sometimes yeah, but you got it done you got it done you got it done and let's go to joe hi everyone um so my day starts bright and early around eight eight o'clock it usually starts with the meeting uh and that meeting consists of uh, myself uh, two doctors that I work alongside and our academy nurse. So um, just to keep up to speed, we're at the New Jersey State Police Academy. So those are recruits who want to become New Jersey State Troopers. Uh, so it's a different setting than your traditional setting. It's, it's, it's something fairly new. It consists of the public, uh, public safety setting. Uh, but it consists of a meeting. I'll meet with the nurse and with the doctors and we'll go over uh, any cases um that might have happened the day before or what the nurse saw in the morning during sick call and then what will happen is after the meeting i will report to um their training ground where they work and i will be on site with the recruits during their uh what we call the defensive tactics session so think like mma <laughs> um, when they do their training for, for law enforcement. So I'm there with them during their, uh, their defensive tactics training. And that's in the morning and it goes all the way until the early, I would say, or excuse me, the late afternoon. Uh, I'm there working with the recruits that may be what we call on limited duty. So they're not necessarily able to participate fully due to whatever. They could be sick. They could have a, uh, we'll say an injury. Um, and I'm working with them off on the side. And the goal is to provide them not just care, health care, uh, but we want to keep them up to speed. So when they return to full duty, they're not behind the class. So you think about uh, someone who's running, they run at a uh, eight minute pace, but this person isn't running. 
when he returns to run, the group's already at an eight-minute pace, but he hasn't even run that eight-minute pace yet. So my job is to keep them going uh, so that when they do return, they're not far behind. Uh, once we'll do uh, defensive tactics is done, then they'll have their what we call their physical training, which is a lot of running, a lot of calisthenics. And that'll take me from their training ground to a field um, to the beach even. Um, they'll be doing training on the beach, which isn't as fun as you think on those cold winter days. Uh, <laughs> and, um, and I'll be there with them to provide medical care as well as off on the side, I'll be working with uh, the recruits that are, uh, again, not full duty. They're on limited duty. And that usually finishes around uh, 530. And from there, I will close up shop and I will then report back and uh, communicate with the nurse with the uh, medical, uh, my medical director, the doctors that are there, as well as there's also a, another JAG employee whose name is also Joe, uh, Josephine. She's there too. She's there one day a week. Um, and I communicate with all of them. So that way the next day we know what, you know, what happened today so we can handle it the next day and see where we have to go from there. Um, that's amazing. And that's it. We, I, we take care of everything on the recruits from I got a little cut to tore my ACL to I got my bell rung uh, and everything in between. Mm. Yeah, you know, I don't really think about the the training aspect of most of those uh, professions, right? You're talking about FDNY and NYPD. We, we see them as PTs when they get hurt. But mm -hmm. of course, during training for all the protocols or what have you, and especially new recruits, you need someone on site so they can just get through their program. So it's great that they have right. someone with your professionalism and your experience to help them get through those things. That That's great. Um, I want to ask a question to Dom and Carly, and this could be also to the fellows as well. You know, as, as an athlete myself, I apply a lot of what I um, experience doing track and cross country and basketball, whatever else, soccer, whatever else, to what I see with patients and how I treat them and how I uh, even interact with them. Um, and I know, Carly, you and Dom have uh, a background in, in sports. I'm just curious how you and fellows, if this applies to you as well, feel free to chime in, you know, how you both are applying your experience with athletics to your world of AT and, you know, how it helps your, your clients, how it may actually hinder your clients. And, you know, are there certain things that you carry over from what you learn as an athlete to your, your current caseload? So, I mean, there's so many different, I guess, qualities that I've carried over from my athletics life to now me working within athletics as not a participant I whether I'm with the riveters or I'm with my high schoolers a lot of it is you being able to personally relate to their feelings and what they're going through if one of my athletes a lot of times they don't want to say if they're hurt they don't want to admit that they're hurt because that's a lot you're taking away part of who they think they are and for my hockey players that's you're taking yourself out of work and you need to be able to relate to them and be empathetic to the point that they do need to sit and they do need to do some rehab and something may actually be wrong and it just helps them feel as if we all have the same goal especially my high schoolers a lot of times I have to be like, I've related to this. I can relate to you. I had the same thing happen to me. 
and you just have to be really open and it's all about open communication with your athletes because I I like to be over informed when it's about me. So I just when I was an athlete, if something was wrong, I wanna know why it's wrong, what you're seeing. I want it to be explained to me to a point where I can understand what's happening and what our course of action should be. So I feel like I follow through with that a lot to my athletes. And even as basic as when like my high school is, if you're a high school athlete, you're used to long days. You're used to being able to handle multiple things at once. So I start with the riveters here. I wake up at 6 a.m., get to the rink by 7.30, and I go straight to my high school. And then I'm at my high school until 7.30 or 8 at night. So I feel like even something simple as that from being an athlete, like I'm used to just the long day and following through and having the importance of a schedule and time management. So I feel like all of that has helped me tremendously going into this career specifically. By you, Dom? Yeah, I mean, Carly hit all the spots, honestly. Um, I would just say it helps more on the mental side of things, especially when working in the high school. I know the toll that sports at any level from middle school to college to professional, I know the toll that takes on you mentally and like Holly was saying with time management, it might be hard to say like, you don't want your grades to drop, but you also want to be able to still perform at the high level. So it's like, you got to be able to. Um, so I think with, with, with being an athlete myself on top of telling them like, Hey, you just have to push through it. You're just going to have to, you know, maybe do the work before you have practice so that you're not staying up till 1230 um, in the morning and then waking up at four or five o'clock to get to school on time, right? So it's like things like that, that I knew, especially more from college, you know, uh, rather than high school, that, hey, just get the stuff done that you're gonna have to do after practice first. And sometimes that helps with the mental, um, but like even things with like the coaches, you know, practice might be hard one day, but it's not gonna be as hard tomorrow, right? So things like that, and that can also affect injury, right? So something, a simple, I don't want to say a simple ankle sprain, but like, you know, a grade one ankle sprain can hurt a lot more when you're stressed out, right? So I like to tell them, like, calm down, let's figure this out. Um, <laughs> I like to get their mental their mental right before I get their physical right. Um, I think that's kind of what I kind of took away from, especially college, because like I said, it's a lot more work you have to do. Um, but other than that, physically, um, I would say it helps because I've had a ton of injuries myself. So say I'm dealing with I don't know, sprained thumb. I would tell the athlete, hey, it's probably going to get hurt again in the game, but you can't freak out. Like, it's going to hurt, but it's not going to be the end of the end of the world, right? We'll be able to get you back on the court, but you have to be prepared for when it's going to happen again, right? So things like that, where um, you could get certain, certain athletes who might not, we like to say, oh, you have to be tough, right? But it's more, I think, just what to expect. You have, if they know what to expect, they'll be able to handle most things. So I like to tell them, they're dealing with something like common, like shin splints, right? Hey, maybe <laughs> it's a cheerleader and they stomp a lot, right? Maybe stomp a little less and then you'll be able to get through the day, <laughs> um, get to the game a little better. So little things that I know that will help them throughout their rehabs or treatments that I've done myself, I can pass on to them. Um, I think that's one of the bigger things. So yeah, helping mentally, not just physically, because obviously I want to keep them 
on the court. And that's, and that's also what Carly brought up as an athlete. I was always in the, in the athletic training room because I had to stay on the court. Right. So I never saw it as I come to the athletic training facility because I want to sit out of practice. And I think a lot of people, a lot of athletes now see that, see the athletic training room as that even some coaches, right? Like they'll say, stop laying on these hospital beds, you know, things like that. Like, no, they're in here so that they can stay on the court. They're not in here so they could be off the court. <laughs> right. So I kind of like to, you know, tell them that aspect of it, right. You got to come in here so that once you're on the court, you're a hundred percent, right. You're not, I don't want you practicing and playing at 50% when all you have to do is stretch a little bit and then you'll be at least 80. Right. <laughs> so stuff like that. So just come in, let me know how you're feeling and then we'll get you going, um, you know, throughout your week and throughout your season. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all good points. You know, I, I graduated college 20 years ago this year and I just talking to you guys, I'm thinking about all the times I was in the athletic training room for whatever issue I had, knee to ankle to back, whatever else. And you're right. Some people just go on there because they don't want to do anything. They want to get away from practice. They want to avoid whatever the hard workout is. But many people were in there because they want to get back on the court, on the field, on the track to get better. And, you know, I think that that is, that is definitely a, a certainty that, when you talk about athletics and applying what you learn, the schedule, the, the nine to five, or even the 6 a.m. wake up calls and, and being there on the court until 7.38. I remember that. That that resonates very, very well with me because that was basically my entire life going through athletics. And I agree, those things definitely carry you through professionally and even in terms of like life and family and whatever else. That's definitely a schedule that no matter what happens, you have the mental toughness and the physical toughness to go through your day and not feel like you're, you're draining because you're already de- down with the schedule and you know that whatever happens, even if the schedule gets, gets thrown off a little bit, you can adapt because athletes have to adapt. The same as you guys as ATs have to adapt. So that, that's great. Thank you for sharing those, those thoughts, those thoughts. Um, I'm curious because I want to talk a little bit about customer service and um, I want to come to Sean because I know Sean has been doing a number of things about customer service with, with his, uh, his, his clients and with the AT world. And I got to be honest with you, Sean, as, as someone who also has an amazing name, um, I share this customer service sentiment with you as well. I think we as healthcare professionals should be the best when it comes to whatever we're doing, giving our quality of care to our clients, to our, our athletes, et cetera. But I do think because healthcare is so interestingly confusing and complicated, it is sometimes hard to do that. So I'm curious in your experience, what are some of the tips or some of the things that you want to share or have seen um, or some of the challenges even that you've seen in trying to share the expectation for high customer service in a healthcare system that can sometimes be so regimented on, even like you said earlier, numbers and trying to get people to do uh, more than they're actually able to do at a certain time. How do you maintain the customer service or quality customer service when we're in this healthcare system that can be so challenging to maintain that? Um, it's, it's an interesting approach because, um, not to everyone or to even most people would their gut tell you that a healthcare professional is a customer service individual. It's when my previous jobs in, in more heavy customer service industries, I worked at a private golf club where I worked every job from, busing tables, waiting tables, being behind the bar. Um, And then I moved out to the golf operations side where I was getting customers checked in, the bag drop, all that. And it's all just interpersonal. But your livelihood, so to speak, depends on it, where 
you're going to get tipped more if your service is better. And what you take home that day is going to reflect how you perform. And it's not so much that in a job where you're going to get your paycheck, but having a customer service approach to your treatments, to your daily activities makes people want to interact with you. It makes people want to be around you. It makes people aware of not only your presence, but the positive effect that you can have on them just as an individual. Even if it's, even if kid comes in and they feel like they didn't get better that day from the injury that they came in to, for to be seen as long as they can walk away thinking it was a positive interaction because if they don't feel they got better physically and you were short you were abrasive you weren't having the best day whatever it might be that athlete's going to now take that negative interaction combined with not feeling necessarily better physically and they're going to see no reason to ever step foot in your room again until their legs falling off and they have no other choice um versus kid comes in with uh anyone comes in small something do a little bit of treatment but ask them how their day's going greet them right away if you know their name call them by name um that was the big thing uh one of the biggest takeaways from the golf club is verbiage is huge the words you use can impact someone's day so much more than you realize that just saying, um, and I always use this example and joke, it's so ingrained in me. I hold the door for someone at like Wawa, get my coffee in the morning and they say, thank you. And I will almost always respond. It's my pleasure. Not, not you're welcome. Cause that puts a, it was that simple change of words that didn't change my day at all. It was my pleasure to hold the door and do this for you as a person. Um, I I use it with an athlete. They'll I'll get a tough knot out of someone's someone's back with some manual therapy. They walk, oh my god, that feels so much better. Thank you so much, Mr. I'll be like, hey, it's my pleasure. Just let's get back out. Like that interaction becomes so much more positive because they're even subconsciously hearing those words of, hey. Mr. Doyle was happy that he got to help me versus he just, he was just doing his job. He's all that. Um, and those interactions, they build and then word spreads. It's the, you see it now in social media and the world in general, if any industry, even, even doctors in healthcare, I go to a certain doctor because I've heard four or five people say how great their interaction was with that doctor when I need something versus just when you search, they're going to have a rating and a review and you might read a couple of reviews, see how they were. But that word of mouth interaction, that's going to be based on how that person was treated. And that's how we should approach it as athletic trainers, as anyone in the healthcare, because you never know who you're working with who they're going to tell about their experience with you. And you should always make sure it should try and be the best experience they've ever had with that setting. So turning that into athletic training has, it, it's helped me. The 
the athletes seem more responsive. It builds a better rapport faster. Um, like I said, I'm in a setting where there's another athletic trainer. She she was there a decade before I even started. So she is she is known in that community. She's ingrained. So getting those athletes and parents and coaches and all them to trust me, mm-hmm. my customer service background got me there faster. I truly believe that. Yeah, that's real talk right there. And I, I agree, agree with you. Words, they matter. And uh, when you do simple things like that, even just saying, you know, my pleasure. Yes, it's very inviting. Um, as opposed to saying you're welcome, which means like, you know, yes, thank you for doing this and you're welcome. It's like, yeah, well, I, I'm just doing my job. So next person. It's a very different feel to that when you're actually just saying, you know what, it's my, it's my pleasure to give you this service. So I agree with you. And that's um, representation of probably your great work out there as well. But yes, those words do make a difference. And, you know, Joe, I'm, I'm curious, you've heard all these different answers from all your, your, your colleagues and uh, your experience for the last 20 years has given you the opportunity to share with us you know, of all the things they shared about athleticism and customer service and all these things, um, what's one piece of advice that you can share uh, either with your colleagues or those who are listening or those who want to be ATs about how to be a successful athletic trainer? Well, actually a couple things. Um, we as healthcare providers or just you as a person need to embrace change and keep moving forward. I think it's important that in your career, in your life, it is a journey. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. I think that where I started and where I'm ending up is two totally different things. And you need to have that mentality that just because you started here doesn't mean you have to end here. You can end somewhere else. And I think that's important, um, especially for new grads, people coming into the profession. Um, they need to understand that it's it's okay to make changes. Uh, you need to embrace the change. Sometimes you have to embrace the suck. It just, it happens. Things, this is the way it is. Um, but an important take-home point would be that as you go through your career, one of the things that really helped me was listening. Listening builds trust. And if we don't stop and listen, we're not going to have that trust, whether it be with colleagues, with our, you know, athletes, with our recruits, with our bosses, with our wife daughters, husbands, the whole nine yards. Uh, you want to move forward in this career and forward in life, so you got to stop and listen. Mm. And uh, not to make it short and sweet, but those would be the biggest things that I could say you need to do. You need to embrace the change, move forward, and listen. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. My, my daughter at her school, they did do this when uh, you're connecting. So I, I'm connecting with that as well with you. And, you know, I, I feel like the, the take home for me right now is – a lot of healthcare providers don't like to listen. We love to share, right? We share what we know. Everyone asks us questions. So we share, 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 share. But there are seldom times where we actually are listening to, really listening to the needs of our clients or our patients, what they actually really, really need at that time. Being able to differentiate, is it something that's mental health related? Is it really a physical thing? Is it something that's going on? Like what's really happening? So I agree with you. I think that's a, a skill that, as we become more ingrained in our professions as more seasoned clinicians, we can all do better with just being able to really listen and put aside all the paperwork and schedules and what have you, and just listening to what our patients and clients really need to give them the best care that we really can. And, you know, I'm, I, I, all you guys have great expertise in what you're doing and you bring your backgrounds 
And I'm curious now that Joe just kind of gave us those two, those two points. What makes all that you guys just shared now, all those things combined make up Jag One, right? Our Jag One brand, Jag One uh, physical therapy, occupational therapy, um, and athletic training. What makes the athletic training program better, more competitive, the one that people should be going to compared to the competition, compared to other ones that are out there? And I'm just curious for you guys now, because you're in your in your realms, you're in your, your your places, you're doing your things. And I'm curious what you believe makes our program better than the competition. Anyone can start. Um, I would say it's our flexibility that, like, Carly, you're in the middle of American Dream Mall <laughs> doing what you have to do, right? So it's the fact that we do what we do at various locations at, at the same level of care, no matter where we are, no matter what time we have to get there. And I think that's kind of what makes us stand out um yeah just just re- reiterate pretty much just that like the fact that we're able to give top level care at, at like any minute's notice right so yeah i think that's our that's our big thing um and it's like you said sean that we have all of these backgrounds we have all of these personalities we have all of this knowledge that we all have different views on different aspects of different approaches to and athletic trainers in a lot of, especially traditional settings, especially secondary school, they're an athletic trainer on an Island dealing with everything their way. Whereas this group, we reach out to each other. We send a group message saying, Hey, I saw this and I've never seen it. Has anyone seen it? How have you handled it? What is my best next step? And there's almost always someone that's done it. And if nobody's done it, now the whole group is looking into what's the best way to do it. That group and team approach is, makes takes so much stress out of the daily of athletic training because you know there's someone at my back that will have an answer if I don't have it. And uh, to piggyback what you're saying, Sean, um, you know, I've been – I've worked for other – companies that provided AT services. And I'll be honest, what we're doing right here would never happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. The conversations that we have as a huddle call for ATs would have never happened. So yes, we're there. We can go on a moment to notice and we have all these diverse backgrounds, but it starts with our leadership. Um, and, uh, you know, we can only be as good as, we can all be as good athletic trainers as, you know, the people ahead of us who show us our, our bosses, they show us what it's like to be good and represent the Jag model. We can do that. And I think they do a very good job that I, I can't tell you how much support I've gotten from leadership here, from the PT side, from the AT side and everywhere in between. So we are, what separates us, I think, is the support that we get, not just from each other, but from the higher ups. Uh, the belief that we have something special going on here, and that can go a long way. Yeah, I'm kind of going to jump off Joe, who jumped off Sean. But um, like Joe said, I've also worked for different athletic training companies and a lot of it in my experience 
experience was I would get a text. We have an opening to work this game in two days. Okay. You show up, you work the game, they send you a paycheck. I had no connection with anyone that was higher up than me. And it was basically, here's our team of minions. We'll grab this one, put them there because they're closest. Our leadership team is out working on the front lines the same that we are. And they're easily accessible. If I need help, I know I have three or four um, members of the leadership team that I can call right up and they're going to answer and they're going to have an answer for me. And if they don't, they're going to go find one. So I, we have just such a high level of open communication throughout the entire um, athletic training staff. I feel like that leaps and bounds away from other companies. I, I do feel like that actually, the more you think about it, comes from the fact that unique to here with JAG versus other companies is even previously the one I was with, no matter how much high up you go with management, eventually it got to a CEO, a CFO, someone who is a business person, someone who is all numbers, maybe doesn't fully understand the profession. When you climb the JAG ladder, every level of management all the way up to John himself knows what athletic training is, knows what we are doing and appreciates it to the level they know how to fight for it and make it work for the whole team and for Jags to still be successful, which is rare. Usually you'll hit business. Here's why we can't do this versus with Jag. It's always felt like, hey, this needs to happen for an athletic trainer to be successful. How can we do it? That's a great point, Sean. I I completely agree with you. I, I think having the people at the top, and I talk about John and everyone else up there, know exactly what it feels like to be where we are. I'm not saying the bottom because we're all a team, but just being able to know what the everyday looks like in the trenches, working with the people, scheduling, the the feelings, the fatigue, all those things, and being able to figure out the best way to mitigate those things while still providing the highest quality of care and making sure that our employees and our staff and our colleagues feel empowered. They feel like what they're doing is not just a job, but it's their profession. It's their life. It's their livelihood. It's their passion. It's their why. It's all those things. Yeah. I think that they all get that. I think John gets that. I've been talking to him a number of times. And I think that is a difference maker, knowing that your back is covered, that someone has your back and that we can make sure that we're supported whether it's PT, ATs, uh, OTs, whatever, supported to do our job the best that we can, knowing that everyone from the very, very top to everywhere along the line knows that we are, are worth every penny and cent and whatever else that we put into this thing. And that inspires us, right, to go out there and give our 155,000% to every athlete on the court and on the field, whether it's 42 people you're seeing in that one day, Sean, or, or the 15, I'm 20, I'm seeing on my regular day. So it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference. Um, my last question for you guys as we wrap this thing up is any advice you want to share with someone who is unsure what area of AT they want to get into? You guys shared so many different perspectives on the spectrum of athletic training, but how do you figure out where you want to get into? What area? What what demographic? What population? Um, give us some advice, anyone, on, on how someone who may be trying to get into this thing or maybe is kind of unsure of where they are is where they want to be. 
what's some advice you can share with how they can um, narrow in on what area of the wide spectrum of athletic training they should be pursuing to be fulfilled in their career? Um, personally, my best advice would be reach out. There's ATs are so open to trying to grow our profession into something way bigger. I personally have reached out and even about four years ago now, I reached out to the Metropolitan Riveters myself. I was an athletic training intern while I was in college for them because I knew I wanted to work with hockey. I didn't know what age. I didn't know what gender, but I always knew this is what I wanted to do. And the athletic trainer was super open. She, I followed them around an entire season, practiced games. We want to help anybody else who is interested in what we do and someone who is willing to be receptive and gain the knowledge. I've, I've worked with the Riveters prior to this. I've worked with colleges. I've been in high schools. I worked for middle school. You're not going to know unless you ask and you try. So that, that would be my best advice. Just reach out and give it a shot. If you don't like it, you don't have to stay. And then at least you have the knowledge and you know that you tried it yourself. Anyone else? Ask questions. The more questions you ask, the more answers you're obviously going to find. So is that similar to what Carly was saying? Absolutely. Communication is going to be paramount. Um, and but with that said, it's it's true. It's it's you need to as a upcoming professional, you need to ask questions. Um, questions will guide you, help you get your answers that you need. Um, but there are so many avenues in this profession and so many avenues that are opening up, opening up, excuse me, that um, we have a little bit of uh, our hands in everything. Um, so someone who's up and coming, start asking questions. If they don't know the answer, a good athletic trainer will lead you to someone who does know the answer. And that's that's a valuable tool. Yeah, just pretty much to piggyback off what both of you guys just said, just get that experience so you kind of figure out where you fit in best. Um, I kind of like the community-based setting. So like the smaller, the smaller colleges or the high schools where you kind of feel like you're part of the community. And I found that out through the different experiences I've had um, throughout college, obviously, or high school, just uh, interviewing or interning with different in different settings. So, yeah, just piggyback off, off of what they said. Just get that experience and see where, where you fit best and where you kind of feel most comfortable. And then you'll, you'll flourish there. Yeah, similar with what Dominique just said, the getting the experience, um, athletic training is a hard field to break into. You'll see that, especially the traditional setting, the district ATs, they stay there till they're done. And so those jobs don't open very frequently. But don't be closed off to other jobs and other settings because, one, you're not going to know you don't like it unless you try. And, two giving it that opportunity gets experience on the resume. If you have nothing coming out of college, you got to get your start somewhere. It might not be your dream job first time, or in my case, I never wanted to work secondary school. I graduated college and said, I'm not going to, I don't 
want to work with high schoolers. But I needed a job. And I got my first opportunity at Holy Cross Prep and didn't even get through my first fall. And I said, I'm never working anything but secondary school. This is everything I'm looking for in a job. So you don't know when that opportunity is going to actually turn into something great. Or if it's just going to be an experience to be a stepping stone onto something great. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I got to thank you all for sharing your perspectives. I mean, you've made this show one for the books. And uh, I appreciate your time and your efforts and your energies. You've enlightened me and the listeners also about the Spectrum Athletic Training. And it's just great to see all of you doing your own thing, showcasing your talents, your experiences to serve our communities in various ways. And I want to thank you as we celebrate you for Athletic Training Month. You are making this month one for the books. So thank you so much for your time and your efforts and your energies. And I hope to see you all very, 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 very soon. Thank you guys so much. Thank you guys so much. And folks, no problem, no problem. I appreciate you guys. And I quote from today, folks, again, success is where preparation and opportunity meet. You heard all four of these amazing speakers talk about uh, athletic training and how they're putting together success in various ways. They're preparing their athletes, their uh, police academy recruits. They're preparing so many people for the opportunities that they're going to meet to be successful in the end. And it takes that. It takes someone sometimes to lead you, to get you there. And athletic trainers definitely do that and so, so much more. So if you're interested in being an AT in any capacity, please follow them on social media or look at us on Jag One PT or any of our services. We are the best AT program in the Northeast, folks. And we're doing a great thing for our communities every single day. So follow us, please. And for those who want to continue to watch the show, next week will be our final installment of our fourth uh, episode for the series of Athletic Training. So join us next week for one more episode talking about the spectrum of AT and how great uh, and vast this profession is. As always, be more today's shows everywhere on your favorite podcast platforms. So go out there and subscribe on YouTube and any platform you have from our podcast to all the others. And if you have any thoughts about any of the guests on the show, email me directly at drshawn at bemoretoday.com. Or follow us on social media and be more today underscore PT. As I always say, have a good day, have a good night, have a great life, and continue to take your steps to greatness to be the best version of you. We'll see you next week. <laughs>